Welcome to the Soul Journeys podcast. My name is Jennifer Longmore, and I am founder of the number one Akashic Record training school in the world. As a seasoned light worker and ascension worker, I want to bring you the show to provide you with the divine guidance and tools that you need as a light worker and change agent to navigate this great awakening. So if that is something that you're craving, then you have come to the right place. Think of this High Vibe podcast as your guide to the changes that we're seeing in the world so that you can be supported in navigating the new paradigm. Leave it to me to provide you with the divine tools, resources, and experts that will support you in navigating this once-in-a-lifetime epic event. Thank you for pressing play. Let's dive in. Welcome back, everyone, to the Soul Journeys podcast. I'm excited to have you here. And I'm going to say this might be the first time you've ever heard of someone having this experience. But when you hear about it, you will understand why all of this has come together. So I'm really excited to introduce you to Karina Allison. She is an expert volcanologist. Am I saying that right? Volcanologist. Volcanologist. (laughs) Retreat leader and sovereignty mentor for science-minded mystics. So after actually being struck by lightning on the slopes of, oh, I'm not going to say it right. What what volcano is this? I had it in my brain. Kilauea. Kilauea. She was initiated into the mysteries and powers of the earth and works with the elemental realm in the intersection of mythology, consciousness, and divine feminine. And we love that kind of thing here. So I know there's way more to your story, but I think we kind of need to start there because that is often a joke where people say, you know, you have a better chance of X or you have a better chance of being struck by lightning than X. And then you actually got struck by lightning. So can we start there? (laughs) Yeah, perfect. And that really is the... the (laughs) The pivot point, when I look back at my life, I mean, that really was that defining moment where everything changed for me in an instant. And long story short, um, I was 29 when that happened. That was 11 years ago. Now I'm dating myself. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And I had just left my husband and I was, um, I had, you know, had a great education. I had just finished a master's degree. I had offers on the table. I had grants. I had, I had this whole scientific career that I was pursuing. And then I was also unearthing a lot of um, childhood trauma memories. I'm actually an incest survivor. And so all of this was coming to a head at the same time. And I, and I, I had this message really clearly to go to the big Island that it was like, you can't call yourself a volcano scientist if you haven't been to the Big Island and met Pele. And even volcano scientists talk about Pele, you know, this force of the volcano. She's the goddess who lives in Kilauea Volcano. And um, there's a lot of mysterious aspects of Big Island and Kilauea Volcano, even to the scientists. And so bought a one-way ticket and just kind of went without a plan and was, you know, and I look back, that was my, um, my deepest, like darkest time, like bottom of the barrel time. Like I just felt so lost and broken and I would go out to the volcano and pray. And I didn't really even have a language for that. You know, I grew up Catholic, but um, 
as a kid, I was really tuned into these other realms. I never really considered myself, you know, Catholic in the sense that, you know, maybe my family would have wanted me to be. <laughs> um, but I was having, you know, experiences from a, as a young child, uh, imaginary friends that I remember as actual memories, you know, it was not imaginary to me. Um, seeing dead people, you know, having conversations like that. And, um, you know, of course, being told like, oh, that's just your imagination. You just have an overactive imagination. And um, oh, I'm kind of weaving around here, but, but long story short, yeah, I was praying in the language that I knew how at that time. And, mm. um, and there was a moment at several, I'd only been there a couple of weeks and I had a, a visitation by um, who, a, a being who introduced herself as Kali. And I didn't know who Kali was at that time. And she said, you've been praying to Pele, but Pele is a manifestation of me and I'm here. And it was like this wind that moved through my body. Like I felt it on my organs. And it was probably two days later after that event that there was this crazy lightning storm. I've never seen anything like it in my whole life. I mean, people still talk about where they were during that lightning storm, everybody remembers it. And um, yeah, I, I, was, um, I was secondarily struck. So I don't think I would have survived the initial strike. It was so powerful, um, but I was about 15 feet away from it and I was chopping an onion and I had a giant butcher knife in my hand and everything exploded. I mean, it was literally like a bomb had gone off in this moment and the air had changed around me. I, I had the recognition that we were getting struck by lightning in the, in the moments before it happened. It was like suddenly the air changed and you could sort of feel like it was, you could swim through it, it was popping. And so I had this giant put your knife in my hand and I just, in that split second, put my hands up to my ears and this knife is sticking up like a tuning fork out of the side of my head. And in that split second, then it was like, you know, I got hit over the head with a two by four and went down. I could feel the electricity go in to the right side of my, just above my ear on the right side of my head. And I felt it exit through my hip. And um, in that moment, um, my, very, my very first conscious thought was that I, I had been given a gift. So, some, some part of me recognized that this was uh, a gift. And the feeling that I had that I can, you know, it's hard to even describe, but it felt like all of my chakras had just been like burnt out, like blown out. Like I had just been relieved of lifetimes of, of karma, you know, in that, in that moment. And needless to say, so that was really the beginning of my spiritual awakening and the, re, the reopening of these gifts that I had had as a child and then had shut down. And they all just came flooding back this like, you know, um, extrasensory perceptions as you might call it. And um, I will say at that time, it was really overwhelming because suddenly I was just hearing things and seeing things, you know, beyond that veil that other people weren't necessarily aware of and I, I went through a dark night of the soul around it you know it was you know am I going crazy what is this is this real how do I know it's real 
Um, and over time, I've learned to work with it and learned that um, it is really just that my perceptions have been widened and that this is a, um, we all have this ability and that we are receiving communication from all around us. We're receiving communication from other people that isn't spoken from animals, from plants, from the natural world. I mean, everything is in its essence, electromagnetic. And, you know, of course, lightning being like the, the powerful <laughs> blast of electromagnetism, it was just like it unlocked that, um, those communication channels for me. And, and so, so literally from that moment, my life has been different. And I, and I, I was walking that path of, of a scientific career and all the accolades and, you know, innovative research and all of these things that I was doing. And suddenly I was like, whoa, there's way more to the world, to the earth than um, we learn in school. <laughs> and how do I bridge these understandings that I'm now having with that scientific world. Um, I did stay in the scientific world after that. I even went back, attempted to get a PhD, um, actually not so long ago. And it was just so apparent that um, when you start talking about earth consciousness and, you know, being able to communicate in these ways and you're, you're in the context of uh, traditional science, especially physics, um, there's not, there's not so much, um, openness to that. That's not a conversation that is very welcomed, I'll say. Yeah, that was um, a lot there. That was more than just the story, but <laughs> it's, um, yeah, that was. Oh, no, it's, it's amazing to have you share that because we really, I don't, I personally don't know anyone that has been struck by lightning. And so even to just have the insight right, of what that experience is like. And I'm curious, too, like, it, because you've <clears throat> done the work on yourself, you're able to talk about what the gifts were to you. And, you know, maybe some of the challenges and so on, but literally getting struck in the brain, like on the right side of your brain, did that affect anything? Like, did it take anything from you? Or were there certain abilities that maybe you had before that just didn't work the same or anything along those lines? Um, interesting. Yes, it did. Um, well, I did lose hearing in that year. Um, it has mostly come back. Um, the main struggle that I've had is some like short-term memory things and um, facial recognition, which I, I guess that's stored in that temporal lobe. Um, I can meet someone and if I meet them out of the context that I met them in, I don't necessarily recognize their face right away. And it's caused for a lot of embarrassing moments and shame. And it took me a while to make that connection that like, oh, that was maybe mm. something that I've been working, I've been getting better at it. It's something that I actively work on. Um, because that's really important. If you mm. don't remember someone's face, you know, I can remember them really well. But, um, but that's, yeah, that's really those two things are just kind of the two struggles that came out of that. Um, my body change, like, I have a certain level of electricity in my body that's never quite left. 
And I can, wow. yeah, I feel that. And I remember in those days, the first couple days right after it happened, um, just try, like trying to sleep and not being able to sleep and just having just, it felt like a symphony uh, moving through my body of, of these electrical impulses and, you know, just super, um, like this interesting state of like witnessing myself having this experience. And um, yeah, yeah, I don't think I slept for 48 hours at least after that happened. Yeah, I can imagine. So how do you work with that energy then? Because I've got to think that is fair to serve you like it might actually be fun to play with. It can be. <laughs> it took me a long time to work with it to know how to work with it. I felt very overwhelmed by it for a long time. I felt like I just had so much energy moving through my system that I didn't know how to manage it or um, I'm sorry, I've got my dog is trying to settle here. Okay. Um, how to manage it or um, turn it off. <laughs> you know, I just, I felt like it was somewhat in control. And, and so that has just, it's been a decade and it's, and it's really honestly taken me the bulk of that time to feel like um, I can learn how to manage this. And, and I think at the end of the day, it comes down to mind mastery. And I think all of us that are on this path of awakening, there's a certain element of, of mastery that comes along with that energetic mastery, emotional mastery, you know, mastery of our thoughts. And, um, and, and so claiming sovereignty, that's how, why I stepped into, into the sovereignty path and helping people in that way. Um, because sovereignty is about, it's about all of it. It's about owning your space. It's about owning what you're going to allow in, what thoughts you're going to have, what, you know, not just sovereign in your, in your day-to-day -day life, which is a part of it, you know, of course, financially sovereign and sovereign in your, in your health choices, but also sovereignty in your energy field. And um, I've just become very, very, very aware of, my energy and my thoughts and um, and it's a daily practice to um, yeah to stay to stay in a place of balance I'll say with those I hope that answers wow. well let's yeah absolutely let's maybe stick with the sovereignty because that's certainly something that's been in the air and I love that you've already given some parameters around defining it a little bit more because we're acutely aware of uh, issues with sovereignty right now, given that most of us cannot move around freely and, you know, the ways that we were used to living life, regardless of where in the world we live, right? There's, there's definitely an imposition on our sovereignty and how we're moving our body and potentially even medical sovereign, like body autonomy and making choices medically speaking and, and a lot of different things. So what, what wisdom can we share with people about how to cultivate sovereignty when it seems like there's an imposition on sovereignty? Ooh. Oh, that's such a good question. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely, 
very present in all of our lives right now. Um, yeah, we start thinking about the ways that our sovereignty is being, um, it's like when your boundaries get pushed and you're like, okay, I'll allow a little bit. And then there's a little bit more push. And it's just like the push isn't going to stop. That pressure isn't going to let up. And it's, I think we each have to find that, that place where we can, where we are okay giving and then where we are not okay giving anymore. So coming back into um, owning what it is true for you. And I know that it's easier said than done. Like living a path of, of truth, I think is a lifelong journey because we're, there's so many external influences and the opinions of our family and the opinions of our friends and the media and, you know, even, you know, science, um, I think both, we're so polarized right now and science, um, I use that in quotations because it's, um, any outcome can be, can be uh, empowered through science. So if you, I think there's good science and there's bad science and good science is not attached to an outcome. Um, it's just looking at the data and it's, and it's stripping the lenses away and any um, ego attachment and it's um, very pure. Um, I think that a lot of times when people talk about science, especially right now in this charged climate, that's not the kind of science that is being referred to. Um, people are using science to, um, you know, back up that they are right and you are wrong. But then the other side says they have science that says they're right and you're wrong. And so there's this, there's this real, um, I mean, we're just being polarized more and more by the day. Um, and so really owning what's true for you and, and just letting go of the judgments you might receive, the pushback that you might get, um, being okay with that, finding that in yourself that, that you, can, you can be okay with that. It reminds me of this line, I think it's from... Um, Oh gosh, I can't remember the poem right now, but it's something like I, I something about betraying, I would rather uh, betray others than betray my own soul. I don't, I think I'm butchering that, but it's something along those lines. And I think about that a lot because it's, we often betray our own soul to make others feel um, comfortable or to feel like we're not rocking the boat, or, you know, we're just, we're doing what we're supposed to. And it's uncomfortable to stand up for our truth sometimes. And I think that's what we're being asked of right now. Um, like I'm currently starting a month long quarantine, just um, these last couple of days, because uh, my sister is giving birth, and she's a pediatrician, and she's you know, she's vaccinated and body sovereignty is so important to me. And I, it's my choice that I don't, I just haven't wanted 
I haven't wanted the vaccine. And so that's our compromise is that I'm just going to be in quarantine indefinitely, like for a month, you know, to, to be there for her, for her birth and the baby. And um, there's a lot of really hard choices that people are having to make right now. And a lot of hard conversations. And I, I feel like it's, um, I worry about the direction it's going just in this polarity and this divisiveness that is um, very, we are right and you are wrong. No, we are right and you are wrong. And there's not a lot of middle ground. Um, so coming, you know, sovereignty, sovereignty, being okay with making choices that other people don't agree with and just owning it. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that your sister, uh, I mean, not that you have to quarantine. I know you're choosing to do that based on what I'm hearing you say, mm-hmm. and you're you're trying to find that middle ground. But I'm hearing a lot of people saying that they're, um, you know, people with children are saying that grandma and grandpa can't come and visit unless they've been vaccinated, or brother, you know, siblings like aunt and uncles can't come over unless they've been vaccinated, and and never before have we been so fixated on a vaccination and being able to see each other. I know. Right. It's, it's kind of astounding to me and back to your point. And I only share this because I've had people reach out to me and say that they've stopped wearing their masks because they've listened to the show. And, uh, you know, it's not always easy to, to stand up for what we believe in. For me, it's always felt like an act of self betrayal for me to wear a mask because I'm aware of what the masks represent. So I just negotiate everywhere I go. I just negotiate. There's some places I'm not willing to negotiate. I I don't need to fight for my way to get into Walmart. Like Walmart's not appealing to me. I don't give them my business. So I'm not going to go and fight for it for the sake of it. I'm going to save my energy for other things. But anyways, I went to the dentist uh, last Sunday and the hygienist that I had four months prior saw me and she's like, I'm so excited to see you. And I just have to tell you, I really admire um, you not wearing a mask, it must take a lot for you out in the world to not wear one knowing how people are. And I said, Thank you. I admire myself too. Mm. I said, because I have to live with myself. And I'm really grateful that you said that because it just occurs to me, that's really what it is. I'm trying to live a life that I, I have to share company with myself 24 seven. So I need to be living in admi- a life that I admire. And I need to feel that what I'm doing is admirable. Mm. I'm not looking for any gold stars from anyone because I don't need anyone's approval to Mm -hmm. breathe freely, but I do need to live with myself. And I do try to avoid any acts of self betrayal. And I could see her kind of look at me in an astounding way. But um, that's just my position. And I don't make anyone else wrong if they're choosing something different, just saying that I'm choosing this. And I, I'm actually okay, if people don't, you know, support what I'm choosing, because they don't need to because it's not their life. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm glad that you said that, because it's, uh, I think the need to be right in general in society we've seen net tends to not end well. It tends to lead to conflict, irrespective of whether we're dealing with what we're dealing with right now. So the fact that we've got all these other impositions just seems kind of wild. So how, how do we navigate that? How do we navigate these questions right now where people are feeling entitled to ask us about our medical choices or to impose their beliefs about our medical choices or anything to do with our choices around our body? How do we, how do we lovingly hold our boundaries while also, 
you know, honoring those relationships? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Yeah, I, I think it's, um, I think there's a somatic, um, like impulse that we have to learn to listen to and honor because our bodies know. Our bodies know what feels good and right. And when something doesn't feel right, there's an immediate impulse, you know, like reaction that we have. And I think so many of us are trained out of acknowledging those, those, those moments, you know, especially women, we're trained to ignore that and just be nice or be um, accommodating or, you know, um, so that's for me, something I'm working on is really being so present in the moment that I can hear those, those like messages from my body and from my spirit and that I can honor them in that moment instead of looking back a couple hours later and like, why didn't I say that, you know, or why didn't I, and it's, it's a, it's a practice too. I mean, I'm certainly not perfect at that, um, but I, I do find that it is helping me stay in that place of being centered and in my truth. Um, and it's uncomfortable, you know, I, I, part of that is learning to communicate and be unattached to how that lands for someone and to communicate from the heart in a loving way, you know, not to lash out and be in this place of reactivity or trigger, but to be like, you know, oh, this is my experience right now. This is what's true for me. And, and, not, and not worry about how that's going to, they're going to have their reaction to it. And I, I think that is also very much a practice because it's not some, something that we're taught. You know, we're taught the opposite. Um, oh, so true. We also, before we started recording, we're talking about, you know, some of the energies that are present on the planet right now. And maybe there's some sense of some things coming down the pipeline, maybe to specific regions or just collectively in general. So what kind of energies are you seeing right now on the planet and how do we navigate those? Mm. Um, oh, this question gives me full chills because there's so much, <laughs> there's so much right now. Um, I'll start by saying I work with volcanoes and inner earth. So I spend a lot of my, my meditation, my journey time, um, really feeling in with like the collective consciousness of the planet as a whole of the planet and then of us on the planet, which are two different sort of levels of consciousness grid. Um, I, so where this work has taken me, I wanna say the last year and a half, um, I have rediscovered uh, working with obsidian. Obsidian is a volcanic stone and it's a very unique stone. It's basically frozen magma. So there's really no other stone like it. It's like, it's glass, basically. It has no crystalline structure. Um, most stones are made up of little tiny crystals, but obsidian goes from being 
molten to being solid so fast that it just freezes and it just turns into this glass. And so energetically, it is holding uh, the frequency of the earth in the purest sense of the earth consciousness. Um, and because it's coming from under the surface, you know, inside of the earth, and it's literally being erupted to the top of the earth where we find it, um, it carries that energetic imprint of um, going into the underworlds, going into the subconscious, excavating and erupting up or bringing forth um, the things that, that we need to see right now. And so um, I, I feel like, like obsidian is a technology I have had so many downloads about this the last year and a half, two years. And um, it is, it is an ally for us to use in these times. And it has been guiding me and unlocking um, insights and, and, and teachers um, specifically from the um, like the Aztec Toltec traditions and the, 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 the obsidian yoni egg, which is what I've been using. So you're actually using it internally as women and it's very deeply healing um, is an all woman lineage that's been carried for thousands of years and is, is re-emerging and it's re, I would say it's, it's reaching outside of, you know, the, the Mexico area where it's, where it's been held. Um, maybe for the first time where it's really finding a broader audience. Um, and some of their teachings are about the transition from the fifth to the sixth sun. So maybe you've heard of this, um, you know, the Toltec um, calendar and the Aztec calendar is a little bit different from the Mayan calendar. And so the Mayan calendar, you know, there was all the big hype around December 21st, 2012. And, so specifically, there's a man named Sergio Magana who, um, who I'm referring to and talking about these insights. Um, and he has several books out and he teaches a lot about obsidian. Um, the woman who I would recommend to any of your listeners who want to learn more is Anna Silvia Serrano. And she talks about the obsidian yoni egg and, and the philosophy behind that. Um, but the energies that both the obsidian and the... Um, yeah, these Toltec um, traditions are, are containing is um, that basically we've been in a transition period from the fifth to the sixth sun that started in 1991. And December 21st, 2012 was the, was the middle point. So it was kind of, you know, where the fifth and the sixth suns were like balanced, like their energies were equal. And then so since 2012, we've been reaching, you know, the fifth sun has been falling away and the sixth sun has been entering its sphere of influence. And part of that process is this, you know, increase in polarity that we're seeing and the, the duality that we're seeing. Um, but the date, and the reason I bring this up is because the date that it is said to have fully switch is next week, May 26. Um, and that's a full moon and it's eclipse. Um, 
And so according to the calendars, the Aztec Toltec calendars, um, that is the date that the sixth sun becomes the most dominant and we fall out of the fifth sun. And we're still in a period of transition. And in Sergio Magana's work, he talks about another five years of underworlds that we go through. Um, but we really are at a pivot point. And I know I feel that. I imagine you feel that. I Most people I know that are tuned in or are doing the work on these levels are feeling a lot of energy and a lot of downloads coming through right now. Um, to me, the message has been to, um, I've been, because I've been working with the obsidian so intensely, I've had all of these subconscious things come up. So it's like, okay, now it's time to really clear and integrate and cleanse. And I'm being guided to really, um, take better care of my physical body to do a really intense cleanse. I'm actually going into a vision quest in a month. Um, and just to keep, to do anything that we can to keep our vibration as high as we can. And that includes, you know, being mindful of all of these, like the 5G and all of the, the frequencies that are being you know, we don't see those, but they really impact us. And so the cleaner that we can keep our bodies and our thoughts, um, you know, the more supported we're going to be in this process. And the other message I get is just to not worry and to trust and that things may not be easy, that it's not necessarily going to look pretty, that things are going to there's a lot of challenge and there's a lot of suffering in this time. And I'm not wanting to, you know, discredit or demean that in any way. Um, I certainly have been through my fair share. I, I know what that's like. Um, and there is, it's almost a revolutionary ch choice at this point in time to choose love and to choose joy and innocent, like innocent wonder at the beauty in the world and just the gift of life that we get to be here right now. And so coming back to that gratitude uh, and it's simple and it, it, it is a, like, it affects our cells. It affects our DNA. It, it is what is, it's like the vehicle I feel like that's taking us through this portal of initiation right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that you shared that because I try my best to stay out of worry. I try my best to, you know, filter my brain with things that I want it to hold. I listen to a lot of binaural beats. There's just a lot of, um, I, I'm, I'm very much a steward for what comes into my energy field. And naturally I have some moments of worry because sometimes we do get hit with the fear porn mm -hmm. and then I have to just remember like no amount of me worrying about this is going to make this change. Mm -hmm. Like my worry is not changing the world. My worry is not change. Well, it is changing my personal experience, but not in the direction that I want it to go. And it doesn't mean that there aren't concerning things happening. Of course there are. And what I'm hearing you say behind all of this which we talk about a lot is like, we chose to be here. Mm -hmm. 
Some would say that there's a lineup of souls that are like, oh my God, when do I get to get on planet earth? This, that's an amazing growth opportunity. Let me in, right? <laughs> you want out? Awesome. I'll take your spot, right? <clears throat> of course, when we're living in it through our human consciousness, we're like, what in the world? And why did I think this was a good idea to sign up for this? But spiritually right. speaking, we know <laughs> that we really are not here by accident. And there's a reason why we're being called to be here now. And part of our journey in that is to determine what that is and what our contribution is going to be to this experience and how we're going to let this experience be a contribution to us. So I know that you've got a lot of juicy things that you're offering through your business. I'm curious to hear because we haven't really touched on that. And I know that you do a lot of, you know, ascension type of, of things with people. So can you maybe share a little bit about how you take your bigger concepts and apply it to your business? Sure, thank you. So uh, I, I basically have distilled this process that I've gone through in the last 10 years. And I, like I have done so much healing uh, through all of these insights and um, initiations. And I've made a process from that that I call the Molten Roots Method. And I use that to help my clients um, go through a... I, I basically have two programs that I work with people on. One is developing your psychic gifts and really unlocking um, how to be a quantum human and all of the ways that you can master um, the journey of mastery of you know the different cities that we have and everyone has their own gifts that they bring and some things are more innate and some things can be practiced practiced and taught. Um, and then from that, um, I also work with people in launching, you know, their, their visions, I call it the birth your vision coaching. And I find that as people walk this path, they reach you, you reach a point, I reached a point, I know many uh, that you're just like, I can't do the nine to five anymore. Like there is so much I am here for so much more. And once you really own that, there's no going back. So then it's how do I bring my gifts into the world and how do I be supported in that and create something that's sustainable? Um, and so the theme for me in both of these uh, programs is sovereignty. It's sovereignty of your energy and your mind and your emotions and your gifts and um, outside of you know the system like removing the lens of the patriarchy and the, the, the man, <laughs> um, reclaiming all of those parts, especially as women, um, bringing in the soul retrieval, coming into wholeness, and then sharing that with the world, bringing your gifts forth. Because we, like you said, I, we are here, we did choose to come here for a reason. And there's a burning desire in those of us who have touched that, um, that you just, it doesn't go, it doesn't leave you. And you know, when you're not on your path. And so I think there's a challenge to make our paths, you know, find like weed, <laughs> weed out the underbrush and, you know, find the, the clear path that is really, um, going to be bringing us into our place of greatest service and, and greatest like support. 
Um, so that's, that's, that's my service is, is helping. I, my personal vision is to see as many people come into their sovereign service as possible, because that is what we need. You are here, you have a message, share that, get that out there. You know, there's so many fears that keep us small and keep us from being seen and, you know, held in our traumas that are often so ancestral. And this is the time and we have, we're receiving the energies and we're receiving the codes and the tools and the connectiveness, unlike any other time in history, to move through all of these things that are blocking us and our limitations, like faster than ever. Just see this exponential path of growth for anyone who chooses it. And it really is a choice. All of it comes back to choice. Mm. Ain't that the truth? Wow. That's beautiful. I really appreciate you sharing that. So Mm. people are naturally going to want to be following what you're up to and staying in touch with you. So what's the best way for them to do that? Thank you. So I'm on social media. Um, up light your life is my Instagram handle. And that's also my Facebook business page. Um, Karina Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N and Karina is K-A-R-I-N-A. Um, that's my personal page on Facebook. And my website is uplightyourlife.com. And it is currently getting a facelift. So if you check it now, check back in another month, <laughs> it'll look really different. <laughs> and um, Websites are kind of weird right now, right? Because we have them, but we most times are doing business on social media anyways. Right. So it's kind of like a, we need them to look, you know, official, but really most business and transactions are happening, you know, on social media. So oh, really? I hear what you're saying. Well, I'm so grateful that you joined us today to share yeah, go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to say also, I'm, I'm going to be leading volcano trips. If anyone out there is interested in going to meet erupting volcanoes, um, as soon as we can travel again, I'm planning four trips in 2022 um, to Italy and Vanuatu and Iceland and Big Island. So oh, that's wow. the realm of my business that has had taken a back seat during COVID. Um, mm-hmm. So thank you so much. Wow, that sounds fun. Definitely going to check that out for sure. Well, thank you so much. We, We really appreciate you taking the time to share your wisdom today. And thanks to all of you for being with us today. We're going to wrap up for today and we'll see you again next time. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you learned today, I would love for you to share with your friends by leaving a review so that more people can learn of the show and be impacted by the information we're sharing here. If you aren't already following me on social media, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Jennifer Longmore. And I'd also love for you to visit my website, www.souljourneys.ca and claim your free soul acceleration system while you're there. You'll become a VIP recipient of my ever popular daily messages from the Akasha delivered to your inbox each day. With love and namaste.